Hello, mech fans. This is Duncan Fisher. Hold on firmly to your mana potions, fireballs, and familiars, because you are tuning in to your regularly scheduled episode of the First Circuit Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode 129 of the First Circuit Podcast. Your hosts today include Lush. Hey, how's it going? All pop. Hey, guys. A Biter. Blarg. And myself, Ian Drusseri. So, last week we had a pretty exciting episode with special guests. And as promised, today we're going to catch up on all the things that happened in the McGuire and Battletech franchise throughout the past four weeks, I think it's been since we last recorded. Mm -hmm. So. Obviously, there's stuff with the battle to Kickstarter. We're gonna quickly dive into that. Uh, wave one is arriving. There are new items. I'm gonna quickly show you around because it's really exciting and I'm so freaking hyped. Uh, there was also a teaser for the MacWare 5 DLC. There was some sales and events going on with MacWare Online. They've announced loyalty rewards for 2020, which we were unsure they were going to do. And MacWare Online is gonna be revitalized? Question mark. Stay tuned. Question mark. I know. <laughs> Oh no, this is yours or so, someone else's? Uh, no, this is not tabs. mine. Oh, okay. Take Kickstarter. Wave one is arriving right now. Yay. At least for a lot of people. Uh, there are some places like California, which has been delayed two weeks. Uh, there are certain like continent areas which are delayed, as I've uh, announced a couple couple podcasts ago. But um, like, I know many places in the U.S. have already gotten it. Um, I've seen pictures from Spain. People have gotten yeah. it there. And it's slowly being shipped out. And I'm so freaking hyped to finally get my hands on Wave 1. And yeah, just to show you some pictures of actual proof, like people are indeed getting their Wave 1 Kickstarter. Oh, that's and nice. I like that I'm patch. I'm so excited. The patch mm -hmm. is cool. And I just need to reiterate, 35,000 Irbies. 35,000? Every Becker in Wave 1 is on average getting four Urban Max. That is so many Irvies in the <laughs> Battletech uh, community. And I'm so excited to read all of the stories that people have of Irvies. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, Wave 1 is arriving. Uh, keep an eye on your email inbox. You might get a shipping notification any day now. Except for California, where it's like the, uh, the UAV, destroy one UAV, it's like that now. You're going to get it eventually. No, I want it now. <laughs> and on more Battletech Kickstarter news, the Pledge Manager has been reopened for Wave 2. So if there's anything you've missed in Wave 1, uh, if you found more money under your cushion that you want to spend on Battletech, uh, please do so, because Battletech needs all the money it can get. Uh, you can now change your pledge for Wave 2. And I believe if you have not pledged, you still can get into the Kickstarter for Wave 2. Um, shipping originally planned for late 2020. No real update on that. Um, also, we do not yet have a picture of the Urban Mac plushie, which is absolutely sad. But there you <laughs> go. You can reopen your pledge, change your stuff. And there's reason to. So let's get over to this last thing. Um, there are new items in the Battletech Kickstarter. It's called Wave 2.5. and like, most of it is not too exciting. They've got a couple of new maps and stuff like that. But what's really cool is they've taken six of the most iconic Battletech novels, all related to the clans, of course, which is the um, 
Children of Kowensky trilogy, uh, featuring Feeling Tell and his journey from the Kellhounds over to being a ten of Clan Wolf in Exile. A really good trilogy. And also the Identified trilogy, which is probably my favorite. I really like the character. And they're taking those three trilogies and they're publishing them in either hardcover or leather. Hmm. Collector's edition in leather. And it's a bit pricey. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's $125 for the leather version and $75 for the hardcover version. But I mean, this is these are collector items. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I bought the leather version and I'm so excited to get them. <laughs> this is really cool. Right. Let's cool. see if they have anything else. Uh, you can either buy uh, the novels individually or you can buy a package and basically get the sixth novel for free each time. Oh. Yeah, They're also adding some maps and what's kind of exciting, there we go. Actually, a few exciting things. Um, you may have seen there were some uh, puzzles you could buy for Battletech a few months ago, which are really pretty. They're foil, they are fancy Ooh. and you can get them in the Kickstarter for a honestly a bit bit high price, but then again, it's better to take its niche. So you can buy those uh, foil puzzles. You can also buy them as a poster. And there are two sets of dice you can buy. One of them is really cool. It's a tactical dice kit. So you get two big dice to actually make your walls. And then you get uh, either 12 or 15 small dice to put down uh, modifiers like how much you make has moved so you can mark down what the evasion modifier is which is really cool that's cool um i have like 20 different uh, kinds of dice in my battle tech box so i can mark these things and now i can buy one set and have it actually look pretty <laughs> and the <laughs> final thing and i promise i'm gonna shut up about the battle tech kickstart in just a second um right. the final thing is going to make be it the, stop it's called the lost tech dice series which is super weird super cool and holy crap is it expensive yeah um <laughs> it's 50 bucks you only get two dice i think for 50 bucks so it's what a what but these two are, dice what? these are old af um i'm Bob, you probably remember it um BattleTech had like 20 30 years ago they had an event where they did a real life um wedding of um yeah mm -hmm. melissa steiner and hans devian where they had cake and it was all pretty and fancy. And these dice were supposed to be the wedding gift. So rather than the uh, plates with the Capellan logo, everyone would get a dice. However, um, at least as far as I can tell, they also made dice for the clans and they weren't ready to announce clans at that point. So they never distributed those dice. So now you can buy them as part of the Kickstarter I, as long as I they're still there. totally object to this because Lost Tech, no. Okay, because there's wolf dragoons <laughs> that I could see. There's clans in there. That's not Lost Tech, you know. Um, you know, if they did like say Lost Tech of old companies of BattleTech, you know, like where the companies got destroyed during the Succession Wars, that's Lost Tech or you know something like that. So Lost Tech Dice Series, it's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, for fifty bucks for two of them, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's it's referred to as Lost Tech because these this is like, yeah, these yeah. dice are really old and there's no way you're ever gonna get these again if you don't pick them up now. Well, I mean, these are like these are actual collector items, and okay. I didn't buy them. Even I'm not that much of a whale. <laughs> it's <laughs> that's a piece much. of BattleTech history right there. Well, like you know, like I was seeing, uh, you know, like I was thinking about actually uh, making the plates, 
you know, with the Capella like logo thing and and have them like cool. yeah, no, it's you know, cool. single buy a place. Well, well, I couldn't sell them, but I, I could give them away or something like that. But you know, get the plates done, and I'm sure there's some somebody somewhere makes or some company that makes plates and get the yeah. logo on, on there just to have it. You know, to be cool. Of, of, official merchandise is always something different than yeah. just getting someone to make it. Yeah, true. Yeah, cool. So uh, yeah, I, really yeah. cool stuff you can get on the Kickstarter for Wave Two. Uh, if you want any of these items I just mentioned, or if you have any other changes you want to make to your Kickstarter pledge, you can do so for another, I believe, two months until they're looking into closing the Kickstarter for Wave 2. Permanently. Yeah. Hmm. That's cool, man. I, I can't wait. Like yeah. I, I, I upgraded mine a little bit. I, I got some posters and got some uh, extra stuff and bought the, um, the Be in the Universe type thing, like you know where I'm a character now. Um, I got that and a couple other like like odds and ends. I only got one Irby though, so you know, you know not four. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I should have got more. Well, maybe I can on second wave. I'll go buy someone like Irby's. You know, that'd yes, be an idea. Yeah. But yeah, cool deal. I'm I'm happy about this, man. This would be pretty cool. I, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Absolutely. Okay, and now I'm going to shut up and give it over to one of you guys to tell us all the things about the MacWare Five DLC teaser we've gotten during WazerCon. Yes, they cool. just put out a trailer um, from Matt uh, on the RazorCon website. Uh, the first like minute is like him opening all of his like Razor swag. <laughs> um, so he got all kinds of like free goodies, like a keyboard, mouse, giant 4K monitor of some sort. Um, but yeah, but then they That's go so ahead cool. and they go into the DLC. Yeah. Now, granted, I have not. Average 4K TV. Man. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, now, personally, I still have not gotten MechWarrior 5, um, but we did get a release date for Steam, which I'd I, I be kind of jumping the gun a little bit, but that's going to be in December. Mm -hmm. um, but after seeing this DLC, it almost makes me want to get it, um, to be honest. I mean, Lars, you should get it, man. It, it, you, know, you, know, you know, compared to all the different things that we don't like about it, it's still MechWarrior 5. You know, yeah. if you're a fan, it's MechWarrior 5. Um, and, and the DLC that they put into it, of the different things that will go on, like skills and stuff like that, I, I think it's pretty cool. You know, did a, like, okay job for what I saw. But, I mean, generally, though, I mean, it's MechWarrior 5. Just get it and play it. You know, basically, I mean, Steam and GOG and, and, and Epic, so why not? Yeah. You know, that first time you bought a Mech and MWO, you took it out into the public play queue, and it absolutely sucked, and you had a feeling of depression that all your hard work was worthless. <laughs> well, you can have that for 40 hours with yeah. MechWarrior 5. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Lash, for you specifically, there's one thing in here, though, that I find really important. Um, mm -hmm. If you plan on playing co-op, only yes. the, the person hosting the game has to have the DLC yeah. for everyone else to play it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can play the DLC content if one of your friends owns the game and shares this campaign with you. So, yeah. 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 Cool move. I'm happy they did that. Mm -hmm. Anything else would have been utterly ridiculous. In yep. Yeah. Very good. Uh, the other thing is, um, yeah, it's m most of the content shown is what's already been announced before. Uh, we got to at least see the uh, unlock uh, system. The, uh, the little quirks thing that they're putting into the game, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's okay. 
um <laughs> like you, you know you could level up for a long time and eventually you can get like uh reduced power consumption one which gives minus 2.5 percent energy heat Ooh. and this case cost, like takes 15 days to install and costs three quarter of a million c bills so you're spending a lot of money for a trivial percentage increase and you have to grind a while for it I'm kind of curious as to how you unlock the various different levels. They are actually named like Mech Collector, mm -hmm. Mech Hunter, mm -hmm. Treasure Hunter. So uh, presumably the more mechs you acquire, various, you know, the, the more of the roster you have acquired, um, you know, that gains XP. Yeah. Perhaps Mech Hunter, the more different variants you have destroyed, the more XP you gain on that track. And Treasure Hunter, uh, uh, there might be supply caches you can find or whatever. You know, they might finally implement that and that would level that up. I'm not sure how it works, but it implies at least that it's not just doing uh, specific jobs to unlock these meaningless upgrades. It will just be play the game and then you'll unlock, unlock the meaningless upgrades that cost lots of money and take tons of time. I, 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 I always I, love your optimism, Blider. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, like, I don't know about, like, you know, what it's going to be like or anything else like that. But, um, you know, but you're talking about, like, yeah, it's going to cost a quarter million, you know, Seabells to go do. I'm like, well, I have, like, 300, 400 million. I have no problem with yeah. that, you know, basically mm -hmm. at that point. Because once you actually find the find the rhythm of how to make money, you're just, you're it's set. A late game, you know? yeah. It's a late game system. Once you've unlocked most of the tree, you have an awesome, you can, you know, put four of that on. Because the energy nodes are also spread randomly around, like all the different nodes yeah. that we can see. So you have to do all the different trees to actually specialize. And yeah, so by that, it's only late game once you've got assault mechs that you can really, you know, uh, try things out with this tree i have yeah, a feeling yeah mm -hmm. and then yeah you can put in like three or four levels of this and you'll have minus 10 you know maybe even 12 percent energy heat which is actually not too bad it will mean you can find those bpcs a lot more often it'll just give you your npcs man because they just they suck i mean mm -hmm. i i really hope to upgrade the ai like on this though i really do yeah, I mean, that's me one thing, but I think uh, it's also interesting now, too, that they're adding in some new weapons and new equipment. So, the, you know, this, this game is still being worked on, which, which I think is great. Oh, ECM, um, yeah, okay. You know, because it's one of those things where, you know, for a player who didn't purchase MechWarrior 5, one of the reasons why I didn't really get the game is that, for, you know, just from people talking about it, that it didn't, it didn't feel like it was, you know, fully established almost. You know, mm -hmm. but now it feels like through the modding community, which has grown a lot more since then, and just mm -hmm. now they're putting in new equipment. They're putting they're putting in a a batch of new mechs now too. Like they got like I'm going through the video. Got the champion. They got the Vulcan here, Hatamato Chi, Corsair. Yeah. Like I mean, these are all things that we we got in MechWarrior Online, um, and. It, you know, of course, we don't know the price of the DLC. I've heard it rumored that it might be about 20 bucks, give or take, uh, you, you know, USD. But if you factor in the amount of money you're paying, if it's me that low, you're getting what? Like a bunch of new tech, a bunch mm -hmm. of new mechs. Um, you know, this so this could be worth it, especially during the fall winter season. You typically find like the main bulk games going on sale. So yeah. I'm pretty certain that once this thing hits Steam, they're probably going to have a sale. Mm -hmm. It's going to be discounted. So for me, this will probably be a I will get this game finally um, yeah. after waiting almost a year. Larsh, if you don't I, get I the really game, I'm buying it for you. Huh? I'm going to buy it for This is probably going to be one of the big questions uh, for a lot of people. 
it's on Steam, it's effectively a new game. Is it still going to go on sale during the Steam Winter Sale? If it goes on sale, mm. I see a lot of people picking it up who've yes. been holding out. If it does not go on sale, mm -hmm. I see a lot of people waiting another six months because at this point you've waited 12 months, you can wait another six. Yeah, I mean, if, you, I mean, if you've waited a full year and it's not on sale, like pe people will wait. But I, I have, I have, a, I have a, an inkling that on release day, I could see this thing going on sale you know i, I like, really hope so because it's been on sale on the epic game store yeah since like what two three months after release and it's, it would be kind of a low gut punch too and what's yeah, the price on the epic game store hmm? uh 32 34 dollar okay on sale okay yeah, yeah we're, they've always we're... knocked like 25 percent off they kept doing that so instead of 40 yeah it'd be like yeah. 30. yeah i think i think 30 percent is what they settled on for the last few sales Okay. Yeah, but, 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 I, but I see them doing a like you know one year anniversary. Huzzah! It, it's on Steam. It's gonna be like thirty percent off or something like that. And if it's you like, you know it would be cool for Steam. Uh, one year anniversary edition that comes bundled with the DLC for the discount price. I could see them doing yeah, that too. That's a good idea. And, and if that's the case, I mean that's a complete rumor. We have no idea if that's gonna happen. But if that is the case, I would be all in on this for sure. Russ, what do you guys think uh, it will be sold for the DLC just by itself? Twenty bucks. Okay. You know, it seems about uh, twenty yeah. bucks. You know, fourteen ninety nine or twenty. About, I think it'd be about. Well, I mean, just because we're going, you know, future topic here, um, but it was rumored in the from Bob Dill for about twenty bucks is yeah. what he said it could be. Yeah, I think the like a few podcasts ago we've talked about our expectations and we kind of settled on like. What we knew back then, uh, I think we settled on $15 being a fair price. What we mm -hmm. know now, I think $20 is okay. I believe if they go any higher, they're going to get a giant outrage. Yeah. Because yeah. more than 20 bucks for a DLC is Ooh. insane. Now, also with the DLC, um, do you guys have any you know, rumors or you know, predictions of what the new career mode is going to entail? Yes, uh, that has been described before, that instead of always starting the same place, you can choose which faction you actually start at, which will Canopus! really help you know, right. customize where you are. Uh, there is no Canopus on that map, Bob. Do I know! With this heresy. <laughs> heresy, man. Heresy, I'll tell you. <laughs> it will be a great uh, change of pace from always yeah. starting Davian Space, always having mm -hmm. to stop yeah. the story stuff. You could just be you know, whatever faction's mercenary you want to be. Yeah, which, I, go. yeah, which for me in particular, we're like, I think that's a, this gives me one thing that I'm really going to enjoy because for me, it felt like the game was very linear, which is not a bad thing. You know, mm -hmm. oh, linear yeah, games are thing. not bad. Yeah. But different I feel like this as well. Different starting yeah. mechs. And I feel like this is going to, you know, you know, allow the game to be more personalized to what you possibly choose and do. Which is the thing I was really trying to look for in this kind of game. Do you guys know and if the? Sorry, Bob. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask though. Like, do you guys know if, uh, um, if you actually say take over planet or do missions, would that planet actually become part of whatever faction you are? So if I'm Lao and I and I charge into Davion, no. that's not gonna, even going to do that. Probably not, probably not going to go okay. that far. Yeah. Hey, if they... you want that experience, I can highly recommend Rogue Tech. Rogue, Rogue Tech, Tech okay. yeah. Rogue Tech, okay. <laughs> They have war zones, and whoever you help does affect somewhat does affect the outcomes on the map. But don't expect you to be, you know, steamrolling the map or anything. Okay. Like that. Okay. I was just curious if they if they would put that in or not. 
that's all. Also something uh, that Bida hasn't mentioned, that one of the big things for me is the complete randomization of war zones uh, in terms of difficulty, mm -hmm. because this allows me, I'm a Deviant loyalist, so you would think that starting Deviant space is ideal for me, but uh, far from it, because late game I have to fight for Kurita, because it's the only place you can find those really high-end war zones. So now I can hopefully start somewhere else and late game to Deviant. Yeah, mm -hmm. true, true. It, it, it feels like it's going to give the game a decent refresh to people who have already played through the game, too. Yeah, it's... yeah, definitely. Hopefully. hopefully. I, I just hope they got the, the lore and the feel of the game, you know, basically the feel the of addition, Battletech. The addition of mechs and weapons and such is just like what we've seen in Battletech. And the tricky thing with that was just always um, finding the new content was actually quite hard, so to speak. It wasn't just you could go to an area and experience all the new mechs and all the new weapons. So they're, they're sprinkled in the big, huge, you know, arena that is MW5. And it's uh, it will help liven things up. I'm not sure, just like with Battletech, even with that, with, the, you know, their fairly good DLCs, uh, it was sometimes hard to find the new content. Mm. Yeah, true. Oh, true. A lot of the mechs, like um, the new mechs at least, um, what, some of them Marauder 2? That's not at the beginning of the timeline. You have to wait really far until your late game for that. That's way far away. I think that's, what, 3057 or something like that? Yeah. Hmm. And, for the and even then, it's, um, it's going to be quite then. rare. Yeah. Uh, you know, not many people are going to always, you know, stock it every single time. No. Yeah, so basically, um, I don't know, was it confirmed that you can pick your starting gear? And pick your what? I don't, what? I don't, I don't, think, I don't know if you can or not. Yeah. It, it's themed to each faction, is what I recall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the mechs you find. So, mm. so Lyle's going to have a lot of Urbies. <laughs> Lyle, you have a Vindicator and Urbi and a Lance of Urbies. Exactly. Cicadas, let's be real. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, hopefully... League, I think it's Cicadas. Oh, God. No. You know, hopefully the, uh, the manufacturing plant for the Cicadas gets destroyed and it's only in certain places. <laughs> to tell you the truth. It's like, Damn. Anyway, so yeah, the trailer just gave us a glimpse. I'm not too happy about the quirks, but I, I guess that was going to happen. And uh, yeah, it, it was neat to see that they're coming along. And yeah, they hopefully very well d will deliver for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all right. So I think moving on now, just because we can kind of just roll on here, is that back to MechWarrior Online. Um, it is That's October, which is... Christmas. It's the spoopy month, um, which also we're oh, also we're also going to go into Halloween by CE and has the online. Fine, let's talk about spooky month. Spooky month. Yes. Um, so it's it's the Halloween uh, event that's going on, which is going to be what another two phaser, I believe. Yeah. So play a game, get loot, um, and you're just getting like some MC premium time, C bills, GXP. Uh, no cockpit items. This no, actually, you do actually. There are, Ooh. yeah, basically with the normal out. phases, yeah. Phase one and two challenges, yeah, challenges. Oh, never mind, then I lied and miss, and miss that completely. If, so, you, if right. you complete each phase, I think it is, you can you get a Jack O' Lantern Warhorn, mm, yeah, okay, and other bits and bobs. You know, what? I'm so used to in the past that whenever you would open the loot bag, you get you would get like a bunch of Warhorns, mm. so now it's just now it's like down to one. <laughs> But hey, you can get coolant shots and artillery strikes. And Which, yay. I mean, I, yeah, we have, I have it on, on refresh whenever I use them anyway. Yeah, yeah same here. You know. 
Yeah, so basically it's just another loot bag event like we've seen before. Yeah. Um, you have your challenges that gain you extra stuff and you have your main loot bag event which can world you anything from consumables over skills over GXP over skill points. That's a good add-on. Over MC up to premium time. Mm -hmm. And it's completely random. And there is going to be a heavy standard mech and the mech pay is a big price on 250 loot bags. Yeah, so basically you're getting any of the heavies and uh, you have to get 250 No, 150. Oh, okay, yeah, 250, good. sorry, yep. Uh, match score to accumulate. It's, at least mm -hmm. it's cumulative match score rather than matches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's and a fair bit of grind and it's not that amazing a reward unlike, you know, a champion mech or something they've done in the past. Yeah. Granted, one thing they've changed, which is pretty good this time, uh, you don't have to get every last loot back to gain the mm -hmm. big prize. You can get a total of 300, you only need 250. Yeah. And accumulating uh, damage up to a total of 15k. I don't pretty think 15k easy to do. damage is that much. That's mm. uh, wait, wait. Phase one, it says earn up to 150 loot bags. Phase two, it says earn up to 100 loot bags. Oh, yeah. Oh, up to 100. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Never to mind. earn I, I missed it. Okay, damage, yeah. Yeah, damage. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to get all loot bags. Yeah, okay. you have to complete both phases to get this prize. So, right. yeah, you have to go through to completion. But there I mean, the damage redeems yeah. 50 loot bags if you get a complete collection. <laughs> Which is a fairly Don't. big amount of monies. So now, complete collection is actually uh, oh, yeah, okay. you know when I click through the link, it's the uh, discounted things. Oh, so yes. like Irby, oh, Irby oh. collection for thirteen dollars right now, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've we've yeah. liked the value of these in the past. I thought yeah. it would be a complete, you know, collection from just straight from the store, not a discount. Yeah, mm -hmm. but those are called ultimate collections. Ah, yes. That's what threw yeah. me off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's not an ultimate collection. Now, what's in this collection? Like, um, can you go ahead and like look over it again? Uh, yeah, the uh, complete collections currently again they change every forty-eight hours. Currently, there's the Irby, Arctic Wolf, Nova Cat, and Warhawk. So yeah. this could change um, by the time you see the podcast. Yeah. They will. It's three yeah. hours before they expire. For <laughs> okay. And um, report on Saturday. So, yeah. The value for clan heavies and assaults is eh. The Full value for is pretty solid. I just get the light one, yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. Herbies are if, funny. If you want, want to redeem for whatever reason, if that's this valuable to you, get a light. I mean, I mean especially if they, 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 do, they do exist, if you're a newer player, not bad. Yes. Yeah. Not if bad. you're a newer player, the Irby is solid. Wait for the next time the Irby comes up. Mm -hmm. The K9, baby. K9. <laughs> yeah. yeah, K9, uh, the Missile Irby, the, uh, and the Street Sweeper, even. Yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, six mech bags, yeah. four standard variants. Yeah. Street cleaner. <laughs> okay. Right, and so, then, yeah, standard yeah. bag event. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. And there's also an MC sale where you can get 30% bonus MC. It's not the highest we've seen. We've seen up to 50%. But again, if you want uh, the bonus MC, if you really need MC for something, now would be a good time to pick it up. Mm -hmm. And also, next bunch of mechs off and 50% off colors and mech base. Really important. Yeah, right. have it. They've done it yeah. in phases again. <laughs> yeah, it's in phases and more wait those are mech packs 
Never hmm. mind. Ignore the MacPacks. Those are pretty bad, but definitely take a look at the 50% discount on If you like spreadsheets and uh, opening up your calendar, you can go look through the sales. I still got to yeah. get Yay. the Skomish for my uh, um, for young Bob. So much stuff. To segue out. a little onto our next topic with the bonus MC, that could be work. You could uh, get MC now, and that yeah. would work towards the loyalty rewards program. Yeah, it would. Yeah, yeah. true. True. The much more exciting thing because we've had so many sales. Uh, MacWarrior annual reward program. <clears throat> Let me actually zoom out a bit. Um, so big thing in the beginning is always eligibility. Um, anything you bought before November twenty. 24th 2020 counts so you have roughly another month to pick up something like the mc bundle if you want the mc reward and anything you bought after november 19th last year also counts this is important to know because uh, i know a lot of people uh, occasionally spend around christmas so last christmas counts into this year's annual rewards because i think uh, doesn't it you know, the end deadline is when they actually give the rewards. That's almost always how they do it. Um, yep. So yeah, you, you have it's anything you've done between yeah November nineteenth, twenty nineteen, and when they finally give stuff, which is November twenty fourth. And yeah. it's your box standard usual uh, things they're offering. They aren't releasing any new mechs or anything like that. So they just sort of give a whole bunch of lists where you can say choose your hero or loyalty mech from the past if you want. Um, I do not qualify for almost any of these because you know the game has been on life support and I've just mm -hmm. you know not been buying any backpacks. Qualify for the active player reward though. That's the big one. No, so I've only had sixty. Wow. Yeah, like I did actually for young yeah, Bob, but I, not old Bob. I'm surprised I actually got that. Not 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 gonna lie. I gotta do it for old Bob. I'm gonna jump on for old Bob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the only thing that's really new is a complete collection collection reward if you buy one of their uh, 48 hour collection thingies mm -hmm. and i believe the uh, standard and ultimate things are still in there mm -hmm. yep top tier if you for whatever reason buy an ultimate collection or a combination of smaller stuff and it's a lot of lottery through but i guess if you spend yeah. money in the last year you can potentially get some stuff so i think uh, it should just be mentioned obviously active players just if you played the game complete collection you know you just mentioned you get 50 loot bags if you buy it uh, around now you got that 50 bags 5 million c bills 100 gsp in the long run that's a fairly good deal for just like 13 dollars and six herbies mm -hmm. um <laughs> credits reward I, I like this one just because it's any amount of mc so you buy the smallest amount of mc get 30 percent extra you get uh well 100 gsp a mech bay and one light hero mech or a loyalty mech. Mm -hmm. That's not yeah. bad. Yeah, it gets a bit silly though when you get into the uh, Inner Sphere collections and such. Yeah. Uh, it's just not worth it at that point. I mean, for a new player, why not? You know, we got the 13 bucks I popping mean, in there. For $7, you get enough MC to buy a light hero mech. You get on top another light hero mech. Mm -hmm. And another mech bay and enough GSP to immediately master that. That's honestly the MC reward has always been kind of my favorite one. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. complete collection. It doesn't give you a mech, but right now it's at least a little extra juicy. So now, now the good point out yeah. too, they don't have a special mech um, for this type of reward because obviously they've been working yeah. on the DLC for Mech Warrior Five. So it's the other mechs that are out there that you get um, the bon uh, or the bonus for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Though I, I do like that you're able to get the uh, loyalty mechs from the past. Yeah. Those yeah, are definitely. not available for MC. These are the only times you can actually get them. And whilst they're just basically uh, uh, what C build boosted versions of mm -hmm. C build variants now, uh, I just like the fancy paint schemes a lot of the yeah. time and the fact that yeah. you are earning more C builds. Yeah. Yeah. Look they cool on the battlefield. Though, uh, to go on to other news in another segue, I, I am a little disappointed with this loyalty rewards because MWO, uh, they have done some recent streams talking about how they want to actually start up MWO again, like start, uh, do some more, some more support, take it off life support. And you know, the rewards program would be a great, would have been a great opportunity to, to make some money, you know, to make, and you know, just at least a gesture that, hey, we're doing something in at least as well if they're trying to make money yeah try and push people towards you know actually getting some of these rewards because a lot of the, at least your most dedicated fans probably own a lot of the heroes that they already want or loyalty mechs they already want mm -hmm. a lot of dedicated people have actually been around for a long time they own everything so if um i so, so we actually were in the new one now we're the new yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Just We're making sure. The future. Uh, okay. The oh, future. Yeah. You, you you can talk about how you okay. wanted the reward thing to do if you want. I was just, yeah. <clears throat> now, basically, what I was going to say though is uh, they plan uh, for what we for what I watched on the podcast. They they plan to bring back some of the unseen mechs. Maybe the Crusader would be kind of nice. So bring that one back. A couple other. They mentioned it. Yeah, they, they mentioned, mentioned it. it. There's yeah. nothing concrete. Yeah, it's nothing concrete. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I think that they're going to have a problem with is the um, is the payment. Type thing. Uh, um, they did mention bringing back some, yeah. some, you know, the mech buying can part. I, can I interrupt you, Bob? Yeah, I, I love your enthusiasm, but you kind of just jumped right into it, and we haven't even mentioned what that. Oh, yeah, by the way, so by the way, go ahead. Mind. I want to talk so, about it. <laughs> I know, I know. We all do. We all do. So, so okay. basically, no guts, no galaxy. They, so Sean Lang had Russ, drunk, Darren Bombadil, and Matt Newman on. Um, what was this about? Like like a week and a half ago two weeks ago i think take. so yeah yeah um and this is actually a very good podcast it was about almost two hours long and they discussed um the future of MechWarrior online and um and the one thing i i actually really enjoyed about this podcast is that they seem to be more transparent than what they have on past past podcasts um can, can, can i just butt in here and say yes go yeah, ahead. this is definitely more transparent than usual he's stating very clearly that his main objective is making money yeah well the, yeah. that's okay. any but, business but, come on that's any yeah, business here's the thing, that's here's the thing. Is, is, is that you know so i i i can't i can't diss him for for the making yes. money aspect yeah. because he is the owner of the company he is the owner of this ip to, to work with <laughs> So, and it's one of the things where, or, you know, for, for, for any company, if you don't have the income, you can't put anything towards it. So, but, but they did go into um, various topics, which Bob would just full gangbang into <laughs> um, just now. Um, so, um, all right. So I'll stop my shouting because I projected <laughs> really loud in that microphone. I, I realized I, I saw the spike hit. Um, so Bob, go ahead and you can begin to gush if you want, and we'll just kind of pitch in here and there. So t go ahead, Bob. I'm done. Go ahead. You're done. You're done. <laughs> it was a one shot going gone. No, no, okay. no, no. Every company has to make money. You're, just yeah. like you said, you, you pretty much took it from there. If you don't make money, you can't put out product. You can't put out product. People can't be happy, so you can't play this game. 
and they're trying to figure out some type of basis of a money system or something like uh, like I don't know if they actually go to a pay um, you know five bucks a month or something like that or they go to just do mech packs but they weren't making money on the mech packs so mm-hmm. they they have to go to something else and I don't know what it is yet but it's going to get in there um, so they're going to have some type of payment system or something going on well here's one thing that's so- also really nice too is that they admit and they realize that mech packs are not sustainable. Yeah, yeah. So that's they, the one... They already yeah. weren't sustainable, which is why they slowed down them. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. at least um, now, they, they've openly like said that they know that mech packs aren't sustainable. Where, like, I felt like in the past, they were really trying. Ago. Yeah, but, but I feel like back then, two years ago, they were still... They're still like, you know, we know it's not working, but we're going to do it anyway. But at least now, they're talking about they're going to maybe have a mech pack here and there give or take but they but it seems like they want to like really switch it up to a more modernized free to play you know with payment so, options kind of thing we well, talk yeah, about sound packs try and paint the picture as i see it just sort of to establish the stage and mm-hmm. i think um what rush has said is that you know in the podcast early on they're saying that you know mwo still actually has a fairly active player base like 10k daily users unique u- users every day are signing into mwo and every month there's 40k unique users so he um they talk a bit later on about macquarie 5 they're saying macquarie 5 did not necessarily do as well as they had hoped so mm-hmm. russ is saying um he made it kind of clear in his own russy way it seemed to me he was saying you know mwo is actually still um doing quite quite well and we should put some resources into it to help help it keep going along we weren't sure they weren't sure about supporting mwo because the license was expiring mm-hmm. and that's why the last couple of years yeah. yeah they uh weren't putting more effort into it why put effort mm-hmm. into something that you might have to suddenly close but now they have an extra five-year extension and russ even something applies like they're totally happy extending mwo even further so from from head office you know from russ himself it sounded like you know, MW5 isn't doing so well. MWO is still fairly popular. Mm-hmm. Not as bad as we often actually like to think when we're just looking at, you know, hourly uh, Steam user stats. Yeah. And yeah, it just the company wants to pivot a little bit of resources or some time towards MWO, clean away, clear away the cobwebs and get things rolling again. And part of that is the obvious step of they've hired uh, Bombardier. Bombardier's, uh, he, he said he's leaving the MW community. He's back. And yeah. uh, he is uh, working, I think, what, full-time? Yes, uh, he's full-time. Yeah, yeah. he is looking in the forums, lit- talking to people, et cetera, et cetera, <clears throat> hearing what people want in- from MWO, and they're going to have a whole long s- series of talks and discussions, basically, is what this whole podcast had them talking, uh, chattering about, just like, oh, there's this idea, there's that idea, there's this idea. We have so many things we could do in MWO, but what does the community say they want? What can we figure out is feasible, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, Russ has just punted some people towards MWO and said, fix it. And that's the <laughs> stage we've been at for the last few weeks. Um, yeah, sorry. So <laughs> I've, I've said my yeah. piece, but I think that is the scene for what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really like the way you painted the scene. Um, that's also absolutely my impression. I get the feeling that Russ is kind of, as I said, he's obviously concerned with making money, which makes total sense. But I do get kind of the impression that his main incentive really is making money and he doesn't care too much uh, in which direction the game is going to go. At least that's my very personal impression. Whereas on the other hand, uh, both Bombadil and Matt were genuinely hopeful and excited 
my impression again, yeah, yeah. Uh, to better the game and hopefully revitalize it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, since uh, Bader, you mentioned some of the numbers he threw out, uh, one number I find really interesting is the amount of money spent per player, which apparently comes to an average of $90 per player, which is honestly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's apparently the highest number in the MMO market. Um, we can neither confirm nor deny, but it sounds really high. Um, given that it sounds I really high. What's it based off of though? Like, what's it based off of? Uh, total money spent on MWO divided by total number of accounts players. That okay, that's not a really good metric though. I mean, that's just an yeah. average, but <laughs> I, I think that is actually a very interesting average. average. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. let's let's take a look. Let's take a look at just me. I personally have control over six accounts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so my money spent is already mm. divided by six. And let's yeah. look at a much larger scale. I'm gonna assume that there's a huge chunk of player who made an account, maybe spent another few minutes, maybe spent a few hours with the game, and then left and never came back. Mm-hmm. And those are still part of the total number of active player. And the average still comes out to 90. This should give you an idea when Wes oh, talks right, about right. the whales, how much those whales have spent okay. on the game. Like yeah. um, a lot of us, I've put in at least plenty of money. Ian, how much money, you know, how many pa- mech packs have you bought? You know, um, <laughs> just as I a rough really want to talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> I bought the, I bought the highest tier clan collection. That's already 300. I bought the Phoenix collection that's not a hundred and <laughs> oh i my think God. i bought yeah. most mech packs on the standard level that's mm-hmm. like 20 to 30 dollar each so i yeah. spend I'm, I'm one of those big whales yeah mm. like i've i've bought at least 10 maybe 20 mech packs each of them mm-hmm. 20 dollars because i usually just got the standard pack i often bought heroes i'm talking about you know that's 200 400 dollars and sure, not everyone is you know as invested as me, but still, as as Ian says, that's the the amount that whales spent in the past is mm-hmm. pretty darn high. Yeah, I think I spent about probably about four or five hundred around there. Um, yeah, about four or five hundred bucks, like for all the yeah. stuff I got. So, before you start getting free max. Before I started getting <laughs> yeah. free max, yeah. So this kind of comes back to uh, one of the things that has always been known about free to play games and mobile games and so on and so forth. You don't generate money by having a giant player base. You generate money from that small portion of your player base that's really spending hundreds and thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And apparently, MacWare Online has some people who do genuinely spend a lot of money. Back in the because day, whenever for... they released a new mech pack, how many times did you see that new mech on the field? At least oh, like some mechs, like mm-hmm. the Kodiak or whatever, it was prolific. Like it's yeah. just everywhere. Yeah. That is a lot of mech packs being sold, even if it's just yeah. So for for every person that has not spent any money of mech burning, for every three of those, there has to be at least one biter. <laughs> so kind of <laughs> at least one biter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's there, there are, there's there's plenty of people who just you know <laughs> like supporting the game, like supporting the new mechs, getting the new content, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that that was a formula that worked for so long. Um, but as PGI has mentioned in the past. Um, what was it? The newest mech packs they were releasing, it took them about a year for them to make all their money back. And so obviously, even though they had an inc- incredibly amazing scheme in terms of money making, that is you know, totally not going to be viable anymore. And that's, a, you know, I, I think we could talk forever about monetization and what would really work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at least 
uh, MWO has been amazingly successful and it has a very dedicated community. I think dedicated community, I think is what a lot of people could very easily agree upon. There's still people mm -hmm. stuck throughout all the troubles and ills and bad times for eight years with this game. It's still the only sort of thing on its market, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a game that's been going on for about roughly eight years, which which is just, you know, just drop into a match, shoot some mechs, blow some stuff up for eight years. That's a long time for this kind of game to continue. Yeah. And still and have core, people want to go in, yeah. At its core, it's always just been skirmish. <laughs> yes. That's all people have been really playing for. It's skirmish for eight years, and it's still got a fairly large player base. Yeah, because I mean, because they put in game. what they put in Solaris, which that didn't did really do well. float well. It, yeah. it, it, no. you know, that failed, and then faction play was very much like people are people still play it, but I feel like yes, yeah, so they. Mostly go in for just the skirmish matches. It was good at first for faction play, but then it just um, it got way too lopsided. And mm -hmm. that's one of the problems that they had. And then Buckets, no one started playing it, so people walk away times, like, etc. And I think that if they revamp it, I don't know how they can do it, though. But, I mean, I'll go back. You know, I've got no problem with it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of fun back then. Yeah, so one one final thing to talk about when it comes to monetization is something that I found interesting. They... <laughs> quickly talk about the Fortnite model and kind of the mm -hmm. modern idea uh, mm -hmm. of a season pass kind of monetization and was very specifically said that this kind of monetization probably will not work for Macware Online since I've, I'm fairly certain the season pass monetization is fairly affordable for most people so you need a lot of people to really make it worthwhile or you need those whales and find a way to monetize um, stuff to those people who are willing to spend multiple thousand. Well, yeah. What is the Fortnite thing? Because I, I don't play it, so so I don't know what it is. Well, I, I have no... seen people discuss the Fortnite thing. Just um, to give a brief overview of my understanding, at least. Um, you know, Fortnite is quite a casual game, and so this um, it just it's a game you you know you can sit back and have some fun. It doesn't matter so much if mm -hmm. you win or lose, at least for a large number of players. Sure, okay. there's a hardcore Twitch community, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But for a lot of people, it, you know, it give it's just like with the MWO events. It gives you something to do. But because it's kind of a laid-back event, it, you don't feel so stressed about killing one UAV. Because if you if you if you go into a match and you die, you don't care. It's Fortnite. It's just a game to have some fun. The other thing, of course, is you know Fortnite has a lot of uh, cross promotion and merchandising. You know that uh, there's all these things with costumes and outfits. There's a huge content mm. mill with Fortnite with new stuff coming in and out all the time that, you know, oh, we're doing a new event and this time it's, you know, it's with Superman, it's with Spider-Man, it's with some other big property. That, of course, it cannot be translated to yeah. MWO. Also, and, um, yeah. to, uh, to quickly give Bob a summary of what the monetization model from Fortnite mm -hmm. is, um, it's called a season pass uh, monetization model. Uh, so basically every year Fortnite does one major update where they completely change up the map where they completely rework their weapons introduce okay. temporary weapons that will be gone in a few months and every year you have the opportunity to buy so-called season pass which yep. you spend i believe 10 bucks on so it's fairly affordable but you only get the content if you actually play the game and mm -hmm. then you level up your season pass and the more you play the more content you get out of your 10 dollar so it's kind of an incentive for you to actually play the game if you just spend those 10 bucks you're getting 
No. It's just like those mobile game things where you just have lots of, you know, mechanics within the game to keep you coming back, to keep, you know, interacting with the game, to stay, turn it okay. into a lifestyle experience. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. What I find quickly to, uh, to end of Fortnite, what I find interesting about Fortnite is if you uh, actively play the game, you only spend those 10 bucks once. Because doing the uh, season pass, you get the in-game currency. You mm. get enough of that to buy the next season pass, plus some mm. extra. Oh, but that's kind of cool. So yeah. if you want to play Fortnite on the cheap, you only spend 10 bucks once and then get the season pass content. And you only really have to spend extra if you want that Marvel costume, what I mentioned earlier, the special promotion thingy. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I, I don't well, think yeah, it's going to work in Mech Warrior, though. It's not going to work for Mech I mean, it will totally destroy the whole yeah. lore aspect of it. Look, I'm Superman I mean, Mech. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, granted, you know, they're not going to go crazy, you know, skins like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where they, they do have a very outdated form of gaining income for the game. Well, they tried you know? bolt-ons, right? They tried that. They, that didn't work out. I mean, they, they, yeah. they tried bolt-ons, but I think, you know, it's one of those things where bolt-ons are, you know... Like they're nice, but they're they're just purely aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know. So if we're you know if we so if we, so if we look at other games like you know mobile games or games like Fortnite where you play or so you pay for, you pay for that pass and then you get like a weapon of some sort and then you can upgrade that that item. It's one of those things where like you know I don't say I I don't think MechWare Online could you know could yeah. not do that. Like I I think they could do something like that actually. Where or it where it where it's it, you know it's one of those things where like where no like I mean hear me out where it's one of those things where like I think you could potentially you know like you pay like a one time fee you get like an item you know and the and like then that item could give like GSP could could you know or like or for instance you know like I don't know if if they could do this because of like a server wide game and all that but like imagine you have like an item and you could attach it to a mech that gives like a quirk of some sort yeah. kind of thing. There and, are cockpit items that do give bonus. Well, kind yes. of like a gyroscope yeah. that helps you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of like you put a gyroscope so, or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Something like okay. that where, you know, where, you know, not to say we're going to go one for one Fortnite here, but something that you like, you know, basically if you were to pay the fee, you get that item. You know, and it, and basically, and and you know, but then it would give you some sort of incentive to maybe come back and play, you know, kind of thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just spitballing yeah, here for ideas. Yeah, that part you're opening the discussion. I don't think so. Well, I, what I could I, I see think... is something like a mech pass, where you, if you're a new player, you get the pass, and then as you play, you unlock mechs into your mech bay. That That'd be good too. Because you know, because again, I... it comes back to what was said. It that kind of monetization only works if you have enough player. Because right now yeah. everyone already has everything, so, and that's yeah. one thing too. That's that's actually why it works for Fortnite because they have such a large player base, which is actually what Matt brought up because Matt's kids play Fortnite, and that's how I came up on the, on the podcast. Mm. You know, I, so yeah. yeah. So when so so when it comes to MechWarrior Online, because the player base is very dedicated, it's a lot smaller than Fortnite. So how do you make the game sustainable in terms of a income so they can pay people like Bombadil and pay people like Matt? To keep doing um, what they want to do. So, I, I do think we should kind of cut off this discussion here. Yeah, because we could because we, we could go circles in this too. <laughs> well, yeah, I, we I can, can I, I can delve quite deep. Oh, we could go deep yeah. in this yeah. too. Like, uh, uh, that is whole, one topic though that they have. Before yeah. the podcast, I mentioned the uh, uh, fairground analogy. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. So I'll say, so just kind of like cut that short because we could go forever, but you know, something that kind of uh, keep in mind for comments down below and all that. But, um, but I think one thing to maybe even segue now into, into this podcast was that they um, want to get yeah. player input. So, you know, so basically they're having Bombadil, they want people to reach out to him via forum, email. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that, on getting more player feedback? Well, I'm fine with it, you know, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, I like that they hired a person to do it full time. Yeah. yeah. Should have done that uh, a long time ago. I think yeah, there, there is use to reaching out with people, but um, the realities of management, of making money, are often quite different from the kind of requests regular people will make. Mm-hmm. And you just get a whole bunch of like M2BO is such a complicated game with so many different systems. Like I've looked in the discussions of so many people bringing back old things like, you know, skill, skill tree, engine mm-hmm. desync, uh, this or that change, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, those are all interesting discussions within the community and things, but um, there's a, there's a lot of faff. There's a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And in some ways it sort of reminds me of politics where it's just a lot of, you know, big broad brushes that people want to talk about and brush over but sometimes you need to actually like for me at least as an engineer you got to cut, cut past all that bullshit and just find proper solutions and that won't necessarily be the outcome you get from community outreach mm, i will yes. say with a to put a glance a glimmer of hope is that we did see a very good result with the psr changes mm-hmm. um yeah. where they're like oh we have the idea of changing things here's some ideas we have and then you know people looked at it and said oh these all look, all these ideas are kind of rudimentary and someone you know someone they came up and said hey here's a better way to implement it mathematically that was actually quantitative you, mm-hmm. you know there were numbers involved and people who were good at numbers could sit down there's a dedicated community out there if you if pgi give the community some things about numbers i think you will be able to get some actual useful things from it if you just talk about how will you make the game fun you're just like well i liked it when the engines were related to the you know um the, the agility was related to engines oh i don't like skill tree i mean there are certainly ways to optimize them. Like one thing I would say, delete the jump jet tree, give all those quirks to everyone. You're all <laughs> mech all the time. You know, easy change like that um, would help improve the game and reduce the complexity of the skill tree. But it just, you get so, it, 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 there's just so much pulling back and forth on the rope about wh- who wants changes. Oh, Solaris hasn't seen any love. Oh, Faction Warfare hasn't seen any love. Oh, I still really want Faction Warfare. To, it's just... Yeah, for me, at least as an engineer, I want practical solutions. And I feel numbers, quantitative things, that was the most successful we had with PSR changes. Yeah, and I agree with you too on that as well. Yeah. Also, though, um, that's why it's so important that they do have Bombadil hired Mm -hmm. on as a full-time person to solve the data. Because, yeah, there is so much noise. If you look at Reddit, if you look at the forums, there are so many comments. And you need someone to read all of those not to really listen to all of them but to just kind of filter them out get yourself a list and be like okay he's talking about engine using set a mark he's talking about max scale set a mark he's talking about the game engine set a mark Mm -hmm. so at the end you can just kind of say there's so much interest in that topic there's so much interest in that topic okay we're gonna look at this one first and see if we can find something that makes sense financially Oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh, and, that's, yeah. and that's the one thing too. Where I mean, and I mean, I'm not going to pull this back into the finance either. But it's one of those things where, like, you need to, you know, go through all these suggestions. Where, you know, thankfully they have Bombadil, you know, but there's going to be a lot. He's going to have to. I mean, I mean, he's going to have a lot on his plate. You know, yeah. it's it's not going to be an easy job. 
you know, and so, I'm glad that he understands that. He yes. made this very clear in the podcast. Yeah. So, yes. as as, so, and the thing is, like, and you know, and actually, because for some reason it's fall season, this game for some reason pulls me back during the fall season, and I've been jumping, I'm jumping back, back into MechWarrior Online, and again, like, I want to see this <clears> game thrive again because I'm like, okay, now it's time. I've, I've had a break. And I want to jump back in. I want to have some fun again in this game. Yeah. But yeah, but it's one of those things where, like, you know, um, getting player suggestions is not a bad idea. Like, it's very good. But um, it's again, like, I really hope we can just narrow down the points that are going to be good from a, you know, like a feasibility and like a financial standpoint. Because uh, I, because I feel yeah. like, because I feel like we're we're gonna get a lot of suggestions of, hey, we want to do this thing because it's gonna be really cool and people are gonna latch on to the idea, whatever it could be, but not realize, like you know, yeah. what is needed in the background yeah. of of a game yeah. development sense. Because think, Paul brought think... that he brought that up. Yeah, the the important thing right now, in my opinion, is uh, you need to make that initial round. Just everyone. Go wild. Just say whatever the F you want. Aliens. Yeah. <laughs> and then you need one person, for example, Bombadil, to just make some quick notes. Not read it in depth, all the suggestions. Just make some quick notes and go at them. And then phase two, you narrow it down and be like, okay, those might be the three topics that we can actively look at. Yeah. Uh, here are our ideas. Give us concrete feedback mm -hmm. to those three topics. And I think that, in my opinion, is the way forward for Mac Online. Yeah. With Battletech with Mitch Gilliman, one of his big strengths is just telling people no. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's yeah. the thing. And that's yeah. why I and like Mitch. Expectations. Yes. Yes. And that's why I love Mitch and Battletech because, you know, because, yeah, because he is the person who will just say no. no. Yeah. And it's yeah. one of those so things Mitch, where. With Mitch, though, he's charismatic enough that even yeah, if he says no that. to you, you're still gonna love him. Oh yeah, Mitch, <laughs> yeah. Mitch, Mitch, is, like, Mitch is the kind of guy who could who could punch you in the face and I would still love him. Yeah, I know. Um, Thank you, Mitch, for punching me in the face. Because you know, and because that, that's just how he is. Yeah. But, oh, but it's one of those things worth with MechWarrior Online. Um, you know, only because I mean, like PSR, you know, they had a lot of good suggestions. You know, but I just like I don't want to see it tumble into this, you know, typhoon of just circle around topics upon topics and nothing yeah. get done. Yeah, you, you know, don't want open spirals. You wanna yeah. you want a controlled loop. Yeah, yeah. You you get that initial that initial input and then you so you grab from it small basically. loops. Yeah, small yes. loops. Keep yeah. it small. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I'm not <clears throat> saying I'm I'm skeptical, but I'm very I want to say like sixty forty percent um divided of is this going to work in the long run but i'm i'm hopeful that it is yeah. and i'm going to be keeping tabs on every single podcast every single time bombadil is live somewhere um and also too bombadil said he's going to be 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 playing again which All is right. great um, yeah just um the most recent no guts no galaxy podcast um which was just bombardier and sean you know mm -hmm. uh, sean's asking him you know you had a bit of time to hear feedback uh and it, you know across the period of time he did ask him various times just the, you know what are your thoughts on this and that so to just give a brief quick overview um uh things that were mentioned in the most recent podcast they said they want to uh, people have been mentioning remove the disconnect penalty mm -hmm. uh, is a no-brainer they say because yeah. You know, the disconnect penalty, if you are out of the match for two minutes or so, uh, you get a penalty. 
but booting up the game for some people takes just as long and loading up the match of course takes them about two minutes yeah. in total and that's really unfair it's like you know what yeah we should change the disconnect penalty mm -hmm. um when asked about you know what two ways to get people back bombardier said you know there's really just two ways one is word of mouth and the other is advertising i completely agree Mm -hmm. uh, and ideas that were floated around a little bit was saying, uh, Sean uh, was saying, uh, was it revamp of trial mechs? I, I quite like this one. I've, I thought I've, you know, I've always sort of been a, a fan of this idea that mm -hmm. you know trial mechs have really dodgy builds. They've never updated. They aren't even skilled. It's a terrible new player yeah. experience. And um, you know, Sean is just saying straight up to Bombardier at least, and I agree with him. You know, Jay Z. Um, you know, he at least knows, you know, he knows his stuff about mechs. He'll be absolutely happy to give you a new list of trial mechs and all mm. the builds and just take it and run with it. You know, you mm. have a dedicated community, make use of it. They're just telling you how to build the mechs. Uh, the other yeah. one, as they said, people have suggested, you know, the whole monetization thing, a new player pack. So, you know, there's always, with a lot of these online games, MWO does not have a new player pack experience where you just, you pay $15 and you get a really valuable deal, you know, a, a good medium, a good medium, a light, a heavy, you know, a bunch of uh, GSP, C bills, etc. enough to get you started in the game. I think they, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they yeah. have that, they just haven't updated it in about five years. Uh, just, yeah. just let everyone know. If we were to update it with all the new mechs that are viable mm -hmm. now. Not even the new mechs, just a new system, because the it's their yeah. um it's their old mastering system where you need three mechs yeah. at the same chassis. Oh, that's right. yeah. oh my god. That is super yeah, they have but... those packs. They need to oh update god, them to get three different chassis. Damn. Free skill tree. <laughs> Uh, just yeah, it doesn't too. give you GSP. Like new players, of course, start with unskilled mechs, and it feels kind of bad when everybody else's mechs are just slight, you know, ten percent, yeah. five, ten percent better than yeah. you, and yeah. you have to play fifty matches or more to finally damn skill the thing up. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think at least those are the ideas that Bombardier put out there, at least during that podcast. And I was like, yeah, he is actually narrowing down at least some good ideas from the community already. Uh, just, I, I thought they only good. talked about their beards for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, there's 10 minutes yeah. of beard talk at the end or so. <laughs> just to let everyone know that our own Larsh had a trial Mac that was up there as well, by the way. The Nova. Oh, that was yeah. a bugger. That was that Nova. I know, that's it was, was good. Name. And I still that's, see I, it. I still see it out there, which is hilarious. Yeah. I, 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 like, I mean, I like the Nova, but it would be really nice because it's kind of hot if it had heat management nodes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because that, that's, that's actually the one thing too is that I submitted it with skills in mind, but not thinking. Oh wait, it is six medium lasers with like three AMS, great for for missile protection. But oh shit, it's gonna overheat like a mother effa. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know. Um. But I think you know if sure. if new players could get like a free GSP bonus, something like that, that'd be kind of yeah. nice. You know. Yeah. Whatever idea. That was floated in the very first podcast and some of mentioned later ones as well that Matt is quite keen on. He's the one who runs all the events and such. Yeah, and as we've been talking about, it's, it's always oh, kind yeah. of samey. Yeah. He says, I yeah. want to do uh, what, a unique event queue where yes. you have silly event things going on. So just, you know, everyone is in Irvies or, you know, SRM2s have, you know, 1,000% cooldown or whatever. Just... <laughs> I love it. I, know, I love that's the cool. idea. Like, one before. No. Yeah. Oh, I want to see it because because yes. Matt Matt is like one of us. Yeah. It's like he wants this. He wants he wants a weekend every weekend or maybe like every other weekend something fun and just you know like I don't know if you could put in like a special reward if you go in and play it 
but yeah, just yeah. weird zany stuff like you know it'd be so fun archer volleyball mm -hmm. that was actually fun that was fun yeah the but, but the thing is though but like, like i mean i don't know if you could put like you know actual game modes like that it would probably still be like a skirmish kind of game but just like weirdo quirks like or like you know or basically if you go into this queue you can you can only bring in this type of mech like you can like you can only bring in like an urban mech or you're just like... you, you you click the button yeah. like you should just have a it's like quick play you just click the button and you're thrown mm -hmm. into a match oh look i guess i'm in a mech with no armor it's no armor day <laughs> Yay. yeah yeah how how crazy would it be is that it was like you know you just click the button and it just and it just puts you in whatever is there yeah it's, so yeah. there's no thought you know, i, I think just... that'd be kind of cool actually it, it's yeah. just supposed to be a quick fun mode all random all mid mode in League of Legends is one of their most popular game modes ever. There we go. Mm, so yeah, there works. we go. There we go. Yeah. And because, also, uh, uh, if you don't want a random an extra queue, randomized laser colors. Ooh. Disco time. Oh, that would screw up <laughs> so much. It has a random color. Because because people will be like, oh look, it's like a red laser. It's like a small laser. No, it's like a heavy. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be kind of so, cool, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think oh, at least you know matt was passionate about that idea and i think even if it's not necessarily gonna you know most obviously return in terms of money even like the thing with the game being on life support for a year was the game is so static there mm -hmm. are events but the yes. events are so plain. yeah yeah it's the same there's only so much he can do with those yeah. if yeah. he has his own separate queue to do silly nonsense um, it, it just get, it gives you some, a flavor of something different, something more casual to do in mm -hmm. MWO. So I think that's a great idea just for the longevity of the game and might be worth it, you know, uh, putting in the resources in the long run. Well, like World mm -hmm. of Tanks is the same thing too. They have like a kind of like a soccer with uh, tanks. You know, they got that, they got like a couple of things. And if you actually um, play the game, you get a certain type of uh, uh, tank. You know, it's like, you know, like usually it's, it's a crappy, like little tiny tank, but still, it's something cool. You can just go jump in and play some soccer with tanks. I think it's awesome. And I love that idea. And it puts something... Shut up, Ian. <laughs> Isn't that just Rocket League? Isn't that a free It's Rocket League, League, but with tanks. Come on. <laughs> tanks is better. <laughs> okay. But the thing is, though, like, you know, they do something like that, and it gets me to come in and go play that, like, go play that type of thing, because obviously tanks... But you just have a lot of fun doing it, and I like that. And for MechWare Online, I think that'd be an awesome idea. If just let Matt Newman loose, let him loose, and just have fun. Yeah, you know, just let him out of his cage. Just, yeah. I would love it. I would yeah. love to see every other weekend something crazy. <laughs> I know that'd be, be cool. Hilarious. That would but actually get a lot of people back. We make for some fun streams, Bob. Oh yeah, we make for some fun stuff. By far, by far. Oh, I love it. Okay. All right. So, um, I think maybe. Last thing to touch on. Uh, okay, Biter, what do you have going on there? Because, like, I see your. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, it, <laughs> I mean, uh, as we discussed before the podcast, there's just so many things we could touch on. We have to oh, yeah. limit our scope. But uh, to try and uh, include all the things that was in the original podcast that they're announcing, they talked a bit about uh, MechCon. You know, mm -hmm. Russ yeah. expressed an interest in another MechCon. And they said, you know, that the ticket sales got them back about 10%, that they're losing money. They lost money in the most recent MechCon. And they're like, they're interested in doing it again. But, you know, obviously they need to, to actually be sustainable to, for them to actually make money. I think um, just holding it at a venue, it just adds so many costs that it's really, really hard to recoup it all, uh, particularly for the size of the community and everything. Uh, I think just in my head, it's like they should just try doing something online, uh, mm -hmm. particularly yeah. if they're 
if he's keen towards a mech con, it's the idea is you work towards, oh, hey, we're actually going to do a new mech pack and you announce it at, at a mech con, whatever. And it's just yeah. not a chance to hold everyone together. Though I would say um, I do really like the physical convention kind of thing. Yeah, same here. And it's good. I don't think they should completely scrap it. I mm -hmm. think one of the better approaches would be to downscale it and make the tickets expensive. So at that point, I mean, yeah, you're excluding 99% of your community. You're only getting those few people who have the money to spend it. But let's be real. You have to fly over to wherever they're hosting. So they're only already getting the people who can spend that kind of money. So yeah, I mean, the only I reason think... why... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think a higher price to entry is not cool, but something that could be justified to make it profitable enough. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. The only reason why yeah. I actually went to Metcon was because it was two days. Uh, for mm -hmm. me to fly over to um, Vancouver and uh, and go there and for like one, for like what, eight hours or 12 hours, I think the, the other ones were, just it was not worth it to go do that. And, you know, spent the money over hotel, food, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, transportation. But for two days, it was cool. But it like you're talking about, they, they would probably be a, um, maybe cons in different areas of the United States, maybe a con in Europe. You know, something like that might be kind of cool. Hmm. What one idea is? Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, take take part thing. of PDXCon. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so sorry, but I'm completely yeah. cutting you off. But uh, <laughs> PDXCon recently had a guest edition from Catalyst Games last time they did mm -hmm. it, and as far as I'm aware, Catalyst Games is not at all um, related to the Paradox Interactive franchise thingy. Mm -hmm. Their only connection was through HBS uh, making the BattleTech game. So mm. it's fairly obvious that Paradox would potentially be open to include people who are kind of outside their sphere. So mm. I don't know, maybe, maybe could be. PGI could hit them up. Yeah. Would be cool. yeah. One inspiration I would take from is just like small streamers, like, you know, just a streamer would sometimes say like along the lines of, hey, by the way, I'm going to go to this restaurant and I'm just going to meet my fans. Now, obviously, <laughs> they might be expecting more people than that, but the idea is it could be easier to rent out a restaurant yep. for a couple mm -hmm. of hours and yeah. just say, hey, people in Vancouver who are fans, come on over and have a chat with Russ. Anyone yeah. else wants H to come HBS over? HBS has done that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, San Francisco, yeah. I think they have one too, so yeah. I think that would be way cheaper, and it just gives you that experience of meeting you know, people in the community and having a chat. So basically, we're talking about a Russ Bullock tour. Yeah, <laughs> that's what HBS did. That was basically yeah. a Jordan Weisman tour. Uh, here, Jordan Weisman is going to be at this restaurant in that city on that date. Uh, you can show up or you cannot. Yeah, cool. That'd be kind just of cool. Give him, just, just give him a giant tour bus and just let him just, just let him go across country. It, yeah, yeah, has a big Warhammer you know, on the side of it or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yeah, so right. I, I'm, I would like that. That'd be kind of cool to go. Okay, like, but, uh, keep keep moving on. So, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, um, as I mentioned in my painting the picture thing, those you know there was some discussion about MW5. They're mm -hmm. planning to cover DLC for the next few years or so. So, you know they're they're, they're hoping to extend MW5's life. Yeah, you know, so they're hoping to get a good amount of money from each DLC and for people to keep coming back. We'll see how that turns out. Of course. Yeah. Um. It was interesting hearing you know, Russ talk about uh, MW5 in retrospect, particularly since now he's also you know, back to MWO a little bit. And you know, he's talking about things that are 
you know, it, a lot of people did not pick up MW5. They felt it was a bit of a disservice because yeah, people didn't like the Epic Game Store thing and they were worrying about MWO. So in some ways, at least I am glad that there was repercussions for what they did and that, you know, he does somewhat realize it. <laughs> um, he did though say, uh, you know, to try and buoy himself up a little bit, it seemed like he said, oh, but you know, we did get 80 review scores from, you know, the, the, the right places like PC Gamer and IGN. <laughs> we weren't so well received elsewhere, you know, in other sites or by the community, but it was still 10 or 15% higher than MWO. And it's just, uh, my heart fell a little bit with that because, um, you know, it, it's just placing the review scores of a couple of game reviewing companies above everything else is uh, putting the cart before the horse. In my mind, it should really just be the money. How many sales did you make? Uh, is your community happy? But no, he only yep. cares about these official pundits, and not even all the pundits. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I heard them was like, "Damn, you do know those people play your game for like up two up to eight hours." And that's you it. should not listen to them. You should listen yeah. to the people uh, with at yeah. least twenty hours under their belt. Because this is what inspires the whole. You know, they 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 try to streamline NW5. It was to get the better, you know, better review scores from the mainstream sites who play the first, you know, one hour or two hours, first twenty minutes even sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and that did not sit well with your core player base. But Russ, MWO, you know, has such a huge amount of money turnover from each individual player on average because you have to rely on having a dedicated player base who love the depth of the games that you know, you can't find elsewhere. And uh, uh, yeah, so that, that for me just felt like, Russ, you need to love your community and how much, you know, dedication they have to it, not just a couple of review scores. Review scores don't generate money. Yeah. Uh, also a funny little thing to last uh, that was mentioned was of course that they got Cana uh, Canada's, um, Canada's, um, what was it? Uh, Canada? The, uh, sorry, I'm just trying Canada. to remember. Canada, Canada's, because I'm trying to, because I'm reading yeah. my notes and I misspelled yeah. lots of things. <laughs> um, um, yeah, he, um, he, they got the best narrative award for the Canadian Game Awards. Really? Uh, yes. And even in the podcast, they're like, we don't even know how we got it, but I'm glad we did. It's just... That's amazing because, yeah, the narrative was oh, horrible. The only person okay. that actually was good was the guy from uh, uh, whatever, uh, the merchant guy, like whatever that guy is. You know, mm -hmm. the very famous guy they used. That was actually a pretty good voiceover, but the mm -hmm. rest was... Ugh. Really Wait. makes you wonder how many other games don't have good narratives from Canada. I know. That, that MechWarrior 5 is the best one they can muster. <laughs> it was at least, I think, one of the biggest games that came out that year or something. So they gave them a... You know, they, the point of those rewards is to bring attention to local games, you know, that are being developed mm -hmm. and to try and get uh, people from that country to buy those games. <laughs> Look at the end! <laughs> yes, was, it uh, makes no sense. I was just looking at my face <clears> and Ian's face. We're both like... <laughs> What? <laughs> like, and then it just kept getting more stretched out as we just kept talking. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I've recently played. We played Crisis. I've played Zero Dawn recently. No, I. Like, Mac Five Story is uh, nowhere near. Story is something else. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know. It mm -hmm. makes no sense, and that's why even they sort of know that. By the way, Russ actually mentioned that they he hired an expensive plot man. I, yes. Wow. And <laughs> I didn't know that until hey, I heard the podcast. They should have fired him really quickly. You, you paid money for that plot. Yeah, I know. 
You've been ripped off, mate. Stop looking at the review scores. <laughs> we, we, should, we should go through the credits of the game and see if there is a name attached to that. The plot man, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, man. I, don't want to, I, I don't want to pursue the plot man. Uh, oh, man. Um, but, yeah, don't, uh, don't do any witch hunts. That's all they I, I'm not going to do a witch no. hunt. But I, no, I, no. Like, no. I, but I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I, yeah. I am curious what else he's written for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like, true, I, true. I want to yeah. see what other work he's done. I'm not going to go ahead and witch hunt the guy. Yeah. Probably copied I mean, Alice in Wonderland or something. should be something to find in those credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Later, maybe. I can't believe you paid <laughs> someone for that plot. I would have done it for free, man. Hell, <laughs> I would have done that for free. It would be much it, easier the, to do. The plot feels like it's something that they would have developed in-house. And I mean, obviously, yeah. the majority of it is implemented in-house. There's, mm -hmm. it, it really depends how, you know, they accommodated the plot, man. <laughs> and all that, you know, the, you can get a really talented person in. But, you know, if you're just like, oh, write me some dialogue. And it's just, uh, okay, <laughs> here's some dialogue. All right, I'll just use half of it. You can't just use... Fine, I've been paid. You, you have fun with half my half, yeah. half my dialogue. <laughs> you know, who knows what the story was behind um, the scene? All right, uh, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, that I mostly wraps actually. up at yeah. least the things that I I wrote down about the podcast. They will say. Uh, I think Russ mentioned that the game is a contract simulator, which I very much agree with. MW five. Mm -hmm. And they did say that merging queues uh, made things significantly better. I think yeah. at least that that should be true for queues, uh, yeah. you know, people in groups. Now, but they didn't explain how. Yeah. yeah. Now, okay. Now, one last topic that I think Ian and I wanted to touch on possibly mm -hmm. is the, and so we were just discussing MechWarrior Online and changing the engine mm -hmm. of MechWarrior Online, and um, that now that is still on the table apparently. But I don't see that becoming a thing. <laughs> I think they humored it in the podcast, but it's always such a huge investment. And yeah. uh, it's a question of how many people even come over to it and how different will it really be? Will it, you know, really incentive, you know, is this really going to be a new launch? And I don't mm -hmm. think the, yeah. the, so, the odds don't look good. Yeah. They gave us the numbers, which I find interesting. Um, he said a, he would probably budget a two year timeline for an engine change. And he's saying, like, either it's going to mm -hmm. be two years and then, like, some of the huge features that that MacBook Online has, or they would have to put in around $10 million with 60-plus people to properly uh, do the game in two years. And I just want to butt in with one of those points that I've said so many times. An old engine does not make a bad-looking game ever. Mm -hmm. And this time I've actually done some quick research and to give some examples. Um, obviously, CryEngine, personally, I still think Crysis 1 looks amazing. And that one's built on CryEngine 2, which is ancient at this point. But some other examples would be um, all of the Paradox titles are built on the Clausewitz engine, which is from 2007. And it's still being used for their most modern titles. And sure, it's grand strategy. It looks pretty and it has a bunch of functionality that's being optimized and it runs mostly very well. Uh, creation engine from uh, Skyrim and Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 <laughs> uh, is probably not an example we should use. Although uh, Bethesda has been using that engine for way too long. And they still can't and fix bugs from way long ago. <laughs> and 
<laughs> yeah, let's not yeah. talk about that one. But not a, um, um, you could compare pretty... like Warframe. Just um, it's been mm. on the same engine for quite some time, and they, you know, it looks radically mm. different from when it came out initially. Mm. Yep. Um, another great example is the Anvil engine from Ubisoft. Now um, they've renamed it a few times, and it's now called New Anvil 2.0 something. But effectively, it's still the same engine, and they've just upgraded slash optimized it over time. And just to give an example, it's been used for the 2009 games. It's been used for Assassin's Creed 2, which is pretty but definitely dated. And it's still being used in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla. Hmm. And those sightseeing games, those are really beautiful. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. So just to give you an example, an old engine does not mean you're limited. An old engine can limit you technology-wise with stuff like melee, uh, knockdowns, all those things. It definitely can limit you in terms of performance and optimization for low end hardware, but it technically will not limit you for visuals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just to come back to those to that number of 10 million for an engine swap, it is just not worth it in any yeah. world. Also, that two year yeah. time frame at, the, at that point, many people would probably had forgotten because at that point that would be yeah. four years without any MechWarrior online updates. Yeah. Because that's uh, the whole team is dedicated to updating the engine. And as well, he's talking about, like, uh, we're updating the engine only for skirmish, like, rather than doing all the modes. Yeah, you wouldn't get faction play. They would probably scrap Solaris, probably, which, I mean, whatever, you know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I think, uh, Bider, you had a beautiful picture before the podcast. If Do you want to use it or do you want me to give a quick summary of what you said? Oh, about the theme parks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was yeah. great. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, we could have future discussions about that because it really feeds into the whole, um, you know, f- uh, trying to frame it in my mind of how all these different options work. But yeah, I said, like, imagine like MWO is a, like a theme park and it's just sort of been run, it's just been left for two years. You know, it's still people could go do the attractions, they could still buy hot dogs, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, nothing's changed. And that's obviously kind of dull and boring. And they're coming back to it and saying, you know, this place is still kind of popular. And back in the day, you know, we would spend a few, you know, spend a while, we'd make a new hot dog stand and people would buy hot dogs for $60. Like they're crazy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the thing is, at least, um, you know, with all these different suggestions, I chose that you could put it through the analogy that, you know, there's simple changes you can do, like going around and dusting all the shelves, getting rid of the cobwebs. That is the most obvious thing to do. Even though it takes a bit of time and effort, it's basic spring cleaning that the game should have just to make sure people make, it looks like the game is being looked after. Yeah. Um, and the, the reason yeah. I wanted you to mention the theme park analogy is because it plays really nicely into the engine swap. So mm-hmm. to go f- to make an engine swap to a theme park would basically to uh, deconstruct all your attractions, ship them to a different area, and rebuild them there. So, yes. um, I mean, sure, you're Everything getting will be better in Germany. <laughs> you're getting a bigger area, potentially, you're getting mm-hmm. more possibilities. But fundamentally, nothing has changed. I, it, yeah. It's rebuilt, so it's probably pretty, it's clean. Uh, mm-hmm. You might have some mountains and hills and stuff like that. So, ooh, you can maybe build a water coaster and save some money building that new water coaster. Yeah. But ultimately, it doesn't really affect the content of your theme park. But, the the whole theme, but moving but, the whole theme park is a huge cost, and you're not necessarily yes. going to get that much money. Uh, and yes. possibly the new land with that new mountain 
could crumble and cause a whole other problem that that wasn't known before. Yeah, but yeah, well, yeah there's going to be new issues with the land, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's other analogies that we could totally delve into at some love point, analogies. Like, uh, very briefly, <laughs> like um, you know, like they spent forever making Solaris, so they made a whole new attraction that you know people. Could, it's a one seater ride, and people no were like, oh tickets. wow, and they went around it. Initially, people liked it. It was a neat idea, but yeah, in the long run, they spent a huge amount of time and effort to introduce a new ride that nobody uses anymore they the last thing they did was faction warfare well other than oh the, the second to last thing they did was faction warfare and you know they said for quite some time you know what we're quite a fan you know there's this old attraction over here it's quite you know there's still a fair number of people who use it people want it revamped you know what we're going to try and revamp it they listen to the community and they say oh we want more story stuff and you know they awkwardly change the attraction and in the end it actually kind of made the attraction worse. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and that's the thing you have to think about that they actually spent quite a lot of time and effort, probably. You know, there, there was a lot of back and forth for the community, a lot of de development time went into faction warfare, a lot of thought. And in the end, I don't think they made any more money from all of that investment. What you, what you said on so that was kind of interesting. Like one man attraction, I'm kind of picturing go karts. <laughs> no, little kart, yes. yeah. It's, it's go karts, but the issue is you're the only one driving this go kart, so you just go on an empty course and it's really boring rather than yeah. racing against someone. I mean, the, you just go around like head, a circle track. This, the, with the, in my head, with this theme park, by the way, MWO, it's like they have so many various attractions. You know, you have the Faction Warfare land over there, you have Solaris land over here, and then Warfare the land. with the bumper cars forever. It's just <laughs> nice. bumper cars. <laughs> it's now turning into Roller Coaster Tycoon but Mech Warrior Online. Yeah. The, the idea, at least, is when we're talking about um, our ideas for MWO, is fitting them into the analogy. How much work would it be equivalent to, you know, if you were doing it up a theme park? So, yeah. you know, going around and cleaning the shelves and everything, that, it, you know, takes some effort and it makes the whole place look nicer and it's basic maintenance. Other things, people are saying, oh, let's change the skill tree. Let's. Uh, change, you know, uh, engine desync or quirks and things that that is good. But sometimes, at least, uh, the really big changes, it, it it's equivalent to moving all the food stalls around. That is actually a fair amount of work, and I'm not sure necessarily if that really actually helps. I mean, it will make things more convenient or more uh, suited to your preferences, but is it really worth paying? You know, the 500 quid you will, you know, 500 dollars or whatever you for the person to move everything around. And the two and just, years later to wait. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. The, the, big, the big conundrum in my head, at least, is that, you know, as I said, with the hot dog stand, um, they used to spend a month or so developing, you know, a new food item. So I said, like, oh, look, we, we'd come up, we've developed burgers, you know, because it's, you know, a video game or somehow. So it's just like, and people are like, whoa, it's a burger. But this time it has chili sauce in it for some reason, you know, and it's just like, oh, it's the same thing, but slightly different. And people paid a huge amount of money for it. Um, that model was successful for a while, but it's not even successful anymore. You can't just rip people off with your burger, but now with chili sauce in it. We've <laughs> seen that's... the same burger over and over again. We, you know, yeah. Well, I think tacos. In my head, at least, new ingredients is still worthwhile. It's just um, there. You should find ways <clears throat> to make it cheaper to develop. So. I've talked about this before, just like, you know, MW5 has uh, short duration, long duration laser beams. You could mm -hmm. have stream SRMs, stream LRMs for sphere, et cetera, et cetera. Just those things shouldn't be too hard to implement. You know, it, it's it's uh, getting an old stall and just, you know, copying it and changing the faceplate. That is pricey, but it's not too pricey. 
and it just gives your your audience who are already there way more options and it gives the place a little bit of life um another idea just at least um we could talk about this in future just uh yeah you have a future um, podcast we have a very yeah. dedicated fan base right mm-hmm. um with warframe with they have a thing called tedogen people really like the the warframes that you know you can pl- uh, pl- uh, play with and people come up with their own unique looks and outfits and that the um, the developers take those outfits and actually put them in game uh, with that system, at least, um, you have to pay like you know Steam money, and some of that money actually goes to the original creator. But the idea is, at least, if they can't make a new burger, let the community do it. If the if they if making a new map is a lot of effort on their part, you know, like they were doing some shortcuts before, but you know, just relatively speaking, it's a bit of an investment to make a map. Well, guess what? There's a whole dedicated community out there. If, if there was a, if they could make a pipeline for mechs and maps, there would be a way for them to lay back and get fresh content, easy peasy. The hardest part is just developing the pipeline, maintaining the pipeline, and figuring out all the terrible legal yep. stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's true. a big hurdle. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that's... Uh, that's uh, that's how I would want to preside over the whole affair with improving MWO. We need we have a new theme park. You have to come up with the cheapest ways to make the place fresh. Maybe just quality of life, yeah. and like improvements, you know, UI changes, or I think that's probably yeah. the, the biggest change. Yeah, things like that. I yeah. think just uh, balancing the game again, even if it's just random numbers like they used to do. It's just like, hey, there's something happening. I would yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, personally, true. I I like the idea of going back and saying, you know what, we're just going to go a little crazy with quirks for a while, just change things up a little. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. I, I can keep going. But, no, know, no, 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 no. We'll save that for another already. podcast. <laughs> save that for later on. Yes. <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah. As it is, okay, at least to try and wrap up the whole thing. That yeah. All the all we got is thus far is a pro, you know a promissory note saying we're listening to you, the community. We're going to improve things. Um, Bombadil has at least it seems in the most recent podcast picked up on some good ideas, yeah. and he seems to be filtering them nicely. Uh, we'll see what after the meeting, which he's having, you know, the week this podcast is released, they're going to sit down, they're going to discuss all the things, they're going to, you know, figure out what, how feasible all the different things are, and hopefully we'll heal back. And as I've said before, I want to see um, just the same level of community engagement like we did with the PSR changes and to try and give the community quantitative things that they can, you, you just give the community your homework, just like with the yeah. PSR thing. And they can carry you PGI. Your community is dedicated. That's why they gave you all that money. So <laughs> help us help you, I think, is the cheapest way to uh, move forward with this game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, to those of you listening to the podcast, uh, you still have a few days to submit your suggestions and ideas for Macware Online. I believe uh, in the forums or any way to contact Bombardier, he gathered a bunch of stuff like his email, even uh, Reddit probably, and just engage and give out your ideas. And fingers crossed, we're gonna see some real change microphone in the next few weeks. So I'm definitely excited. I am too. I hope you are excited. This has been the First Circuit Podcast episode 129. We are all excited for the next episode on 130. And with all that excitement, let's dive into this beautiful new week. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. 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 <laughs>